Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Thursday on r and in the morning. It's all over. One down, 81 to go. How did Wimby do? We'll look at all the stats that matter. It's a Bezos kind of a day. Buffalo and Baker, lots of bees involved. Now back to the blitz. I'll tell you what, at the roof of I want to get myself a Wagyu Wimby burger. Hold one for me, Jason. Uh, sure, Rob. Uh, we'll make sure you show up. Wemby burgers are available here at the roof of on this Wemby Wednesday. Come watch the Spurs season opener with us here at Do It. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We'll talk more basketball. Oh, hell, man. Let's do it now. Bob Alou from KI Television. We'll figure out the quarterback situation at UT in a minute. But I know you're a Mavs fan. So how excited are you about Wemby's debut tonight, Bob? I'm very excited. I don't. I think if you love the game of basketball, you couldn't be more excited for something like this. Uh it's going to be really fun to see what he looks like in a real game with the real, I mean, I don't even like call it pressure, but just the real atmosphere, the real, uh, you know, you just get going with his career. And it'll be, it'll be to me, it's going to be a lot of fun to see, like, exactly how Pop wants to use him, where all he spaces him out on the floor, what all he does defensively. Uh, we've seen him block a shot from in the lane. Just all the stuff that goes into watching him. I'm, I'm thrilled. It's going to be an absolute blast to watch him play basketball. Well, I think for uh, Bob, for about the first month, month and a half, even two months, you're going to see different combinations of people on the floor. I think Pop yeah. has got so many options that he can use with uh, with Wimby that it's going to be a lot of fun for him. So obviously everybody excited here. So we've been uh, giving our predictions for Spurs wins this year. You, you got anything to say? Any predictions you can give us? Boy, I think that's really tough. I, I just don't think you can – it, it's boy, that's hard. I mean, there. I think they'll win. It is right between thirty-five and forty-five games. Uh, now, which side of that you go on obviously depends on whether or not you're making the playoffs. So it makes it a little tougher. But as excited as everyone is, I think it's good to go back and look sometimes at like what Kevin Durant's first year was like, what LeBron James' first year was like, the way they significantly improved a really bad team, and then how far they can actually take it. Um, but Again, this is a – I know y'all have all talked about this, so I'm not bringing anything new to the table here, but, like, this is a transformational player, not just for the Spurs, but for the entire NBA. And I think that's what changes the dynamic of how many wins could they have this year. I don't, I don't even think you want to put a cap on it just because you don't know exactly, especially with the Hall of Fame coach that's in San Antonio, uh, exactly what they could do. And there, there is some talent around him, too. And I think that's another really big part yep. of it. Is he, you know, I mean, that's as much as everybody wants to talk about what he's going to do, they do have some guys that could really take a major step this year and become significant players in, in, in this league. 
Babalu from KI Television in Austin joining us here on the Buyers Barricades guest line. For the record, Bob, uh, Vegas has the over-under at 29.5. I go 39 with a ceiling of 45. I think that's the most they're going to win. Ryan Eagle went 29. He takes the under on total wins with a ceiling of 35. I'll, I'll say this. Vegas isn't known to give away money. So I can see why Joe decided <laughs> to take the under there, but that that's low. That is really low for what I thought it would be. Uh, I would, and I that's would, how uh, Vegas gets you, wager, Bob. Right, I know, I know. You're telling me uh, Texas, Texas was a 22 and a half point favorite last week on the road in Houston. And that I was, know. Uh, yeah. See. And that's the other side of that. While Vegas isn't known about giving money, Joe is known for giving money to Vegas <laughs> and not cashing in. You should all, you should see some of the text messages we got on Saturday because he had Texas in 23 and a half. It was, they were up 21. Yeah, I so, know, Bob. So what happened? That's, that's the whole point. He's still angry. He what happened, Bob? He's still angry. I mean, I'm watching Texas do whatever they wanted to do in that first quarter, and then all of a sudden – the second quarter rolls around, they look like they, they were a completely different team. Here's what I think happened. I think there's a significant amount of Texas Longhorn football players, coaches, whoever it is, that listened to this segment. And they heard that Jason was upset that they weren't getting <laughs> off the fast starts. So they finally got off yep. the fast start for Jason. They finished strong like we've talked about. They just forgot about the in-between middle. Uh, but, you know, again, a win's a win, and this team's, uh, taking another step forward by by getting a win over Houston, right? I mean, that's the whole point of this thing. Well, I guess it's the whole point of it, and 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 all <laughs> be, the bets aside, Bob. But I mean, look, if if I'm looking at a Texas team that has national championship aspirations, and and I'm not going to disrespect Houston, although I think that's a team that Texas should have gone in, taken care of, and and the you know you got freshmen playing in the fourth quarter. Um, so I, I guess what what concerned me about that game was that they let Houston back in, and, and that that's a concern for me, especially if you're playing a better team uh, in the future, like BYU, for example. I think I think there are a couple things there. I think number one, every year in college football, you're going to go through something, right? I mean, something's going to happen at some point that creates a little adversity. They hadn't really, I mean, they kind of had against Wyoming, but they hadn't really experienced nerves in a late game situation in their first five games um they won all of those by double digits the closest one was alabama by 10 they won by 21 every other game and then obviously the oklahoma game happened and you're coming off of that when they got into that part of let's kick the field goal in the second quarter and go up three possessions instead they fake it houston goes down and scores Houston comes out of the half and scores, and all of a sudden you're tied yeah. at 21, and your head's kind of spinning a little bit. What I thought was significant was, number one, on the next two Houston possessions, Texas forced turnovers. And then on top of it, Quinn Ewers got hurt, and I know it was an, a, a run-heavy uh, plan once they uh, once Malik Murphy came in, but a, a kid who had never played significant minutes in, in a college football game led a winning game-winning touchdown drive, and the guy who scored the touchdown was a true freshman who ran 16 yards to win the game. So you're trying to take positives out of things. They obviously got the fourth down stop after Houston drove all the way down the field. Something they didn't do against Oklahoma <laughs> stop that red zone in that final drive, but they did it against Houston. So there are some things you take out of it. I just think there are going to be close games, especially as they come down the stretch here, and it's good for them to get in some of those close games and figure out a way to win. 
right, you mentioned the fourth down stop. That was a uh, horrendous spot. As a Longhorn fan, I was offended by that spot. <laughs> it felt bad for Houston because I don't feel like Texas actually got the stop. I, I, I would love to have seen if they, you know, get the correct spot, would Texas have been able to make that spot? And granted, I'm happy with the win, but I don't like how uh, there was a bad call that aided UT in getting that win. There was a there was a different angle that showed maybe it wasn't as egregious as everybody thought it was, but I know what you're saying. And if they do get that first down, now you've got first and goal from the nine, and as Dana Holgerson said, we would have run horns down, scored the touchdown, and then gone for two and won the game. Which I love that. You gotta love that from Holgo. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But 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 again, to get that fourth down stop was, was a big confidence booster for this team. And you gotta remember they missed they were missing Ryan Watts, they missed Jade Barron for the first half, I think because Sark thought he could get away with it, and then they played Jade in the second half. Their their secondary is reeling a little bit, and I think once they get Ryan Watts back, which I, I'm guessing will be this week, but again, there these injuries he's kind of being vague on. Um, I think that'll solidify some things for their secondary. We'll see. I mean, again, you've, you've got to go out and do it, and it's not something they've necessarily done the last couple weeks, and they've let some guys throw all over them. This BYU offense is not very good, and it's, I think, 122nd in the country in, in yards uh, per game, and they're just, they, they haven't really figured it out. But this, my expectation would be when it's a BYU team, expect the knockdown, drag out, uh, you know, low scoring type physical football game, and we'll see if Texas has got that in them pretty much to win back to back weeks of physical games against BYU and Kansas State. And not to mention the fact that uh, Malik Murphy most likely is the quarterback. I mean, oh, everybody's yeah. talking about Arch. About but that. That, uh, yeah, that's the other thing, too. But I, I, I don't feel as panicked about that, Bob. And I'm not sure yeah. what the feeling there in Austin is because Malik Murphy can play. I, I've got confidence in this kid. I think here's the thing. I, I think we're all very excited to see what Malik Murphy can do. Uh, I've been I, – I told somebody uh, on the Statesman podcast, Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden, before last year started, that at some point I thought Malik Murphy would have a significant impact on this program because you just see it. You see his build. You see his arm strength. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen his arm strength yet, it's ridiculous. Uh, he, can, he can heave some fastballs. Um, but the question's going to be, does he have the accuracy? And again, I go back to this a lot, too. This is his first college football game, like his first real college football game. We don't expect a lot of quarterbacks to walk in in their first college football game and just dominate. Quinn Ewers didn't do it. You can go back a long, long way. A lot of guys haven't been able to do that. So you're going to have to settle in, and he's going to have to feel the game out. It's going to slow down for him at some point as they move forward. But uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see the Malik Murphy dynamic this week and what he actually does bring him field. Because I'll tell you this, talking to those players on Monday, every single one of them to the T said they love Malik Murphy. Everybody on this team is behind him. They all believe in him. And they said he, he produces plays in practice that really, like, awe you and wow you. And I think we're going to see some of that at least on Saturday against BYU. Will we see Arch at all, maybe Saturday against BYU or, you know, depending on how long Quinn is out? And and I say that uh, the curiosity factor is certainly there, especially if, if Malik struggles a little bit. But also, doesn't Sark, I mean, if Quinn's not there, get Arch a little bit of playing time before next year in the SEC? So Sark has been very vague about all of that. He wouldn't even declare – I mean, he said if the game was today, this is Monday, he said if the game was today, Malik would start. But 
that's that was Monday. Even in the Saturday post-game press conference, he said, we'll devise a plan for our quarterback, whoever that is. Um, I think, number one, the Mannings are totally fine with Arch redshirting this year. They have been fine with Arch redshirting since day one. Um, so it's not like this is a, there's a pressure to put him in the game if, if, if you're in that situation. I think it all depends on, like you said, as the game goes. I mean, if Malik Murphy really struggles, maybe we see Arch at some point. They're not going to play him, I don't think, just to play him. Uh, I don't think this is going to be like Malik will play the first two series and then Arch will come in. I don't know. Again, Steve so no is very Arch, vague on no, that. So no Arch? Like, come on, Bob. Talk, call, call Steve. Say we need an Arch package. I think that's what everybody wants, right? I mean, every, I'm actually – the Savion Red package has been so good for them. I was actually surprised that wasn't Malik uh, taking some of those snaps <laughs> as big as he is to get fourth and one. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't foresee that being the case. I think this will be Malik's game. And this will be a if, – if Texas is playing well and they're figuring out offensively, and, again, they're probably going to have to run the ball some, uh, probably more than they what they have in the past, and that's going to be great for Jonathan Brooks, who I, I'm, I, keep, I wanted to do it on Saturday in Houston, but because of the injury to Quinn, I didn't. I'm excited to start my Jonathan Brooks for Heisman campaign because if Texas runs the table, I think we will see Jonathan Brooks in New York. And I'm, that's – I mean, again, assuming he's putting up the numbers he's putting up. But if this is a 12-1 and Texas team and they're the Big 12 champion, I do believe Jonathan Brooks will be in New York. We're not there yet. they got, you know, six games to go to get there. But um, he's been fantastic for them. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this week. We'll see Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter. We'll see some Keelan Robinson uh, out of the backfield doing some different things. I think they're going to try to make this as comfortable as they can. And also to just to get the ball to the receivers as easily as possible. Now, Malik can heave it. And we're probably going to see some deep balls. But I think they're going to try to get him settled in as quickly as they can. Get it out to Xavier Worthy. Get it to A.D. Mitchell. Get it to Jordan Whittington. Let those guys go to work and see what this offense can do. And Jatavion Sanders and Gunnar Helm. And we go through all these guys like over and over and over again. The tight ends have been terrific for this team. Uh, so I don't want to leave them out. But, yeah, I think this will be a – we'll see a lot of uh, Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter on Saturday. All right, Bob, that's all great and everything, but I need some inside info. Should I lay the 17 and a half? That's all I care about. Dude. If you know the history of Texas and BYU, I would I would suggest <laughs> uh, just the the. I, although I will say this too, TCU two weeks ago put it on BYU forty four eleven, and I I I think that's maybe been the most interesting part of this um, this conference in general is it's all over the place. I mean, there are weeks that teams look really good at home and they go on the road and they look like they've never played football before. And to see, you know, TCU, a team that's really struggled, got absolutely throttled a week later by K-State 41-3. to The week before, they beat BYU 44-11. So I don't, I don't have any idea in this conference who these teams are anymore, what they're made of, what they're capable of. I do know that <laughs> Texas is the better team, and I would think they would win Saturday. But 17-and-a-half uh, seems like a lot. I think it opened even higher. I think it was like 20 when it opened. Uh but 17 still seems like a lot of points. That's a we'll really long answer for a yes or no question. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think it's because of the quarterback situation is why that line came down. But um, all right, Bob. I, you know because I just, quite honestly I had a parlay with Texas and UTSA. UTSA came through. Texas did not. So you want to chase that money with more money on uh, Texas well, at 17 and a half? You think I'm going to quit? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know me better I, than that's that. That's why there are so many lights <laughs> in Vegas. Uh, Bob Ballou, before we let you go, um, 
um, although we got to get your prediction. It's coming across, uh, in, you know, during our conversation, USA Today, uh, with the exclusive interview with Dusty Baker announcing his retirement yeah. after Texas finished off Houston in the ALCS. I, I know you're a Dallas area guy. You grew up there. The Rangers going back to the World Series in the matchup everybody predicted before the year against the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, I, I am. I don't know how to describe my emotion. I think when, and I know Joe will love me bringing this up, I think with the way they yes. lost that 2011 World Series uh, has been the, that's been the worst loss I've probably ever suffered as a sports fan. And to have it take 12 years to even get back to this point, and then to do it with two road wins over Houston after the gut punch that Jose Altuve gave in Game 5, it was really sweet. And uh, But I, like I said to a friend of mine on Monday, I was like, if Texas doesn't win the World Series, it, this is all kind of for naught. Because, you don't, yeah, great, you beat Houston in the ALCS. It's the biggest baseball game ever played in the state, whatever. But, like, if you don't win the World Series, you got to finish this thing. Like, that's the big thing. you got to go finish it. And um, But this has been a, it's been a really fun ride. I, I've told a lot of people, as Texas was struggling down the stretch, I said, I, I just you can't give up on this team yet. They were the best team in baseball for three months. And then they were horrendous for about a month. But they figured it out, and they even without you know losing Jacob Degrom, losing Max Scherzer, they lost Adolis, they lost Josh Young. It went on and on and on. They figured it out. They've been terrific in the postseason, and now we'll see if they can go get the franchise's first World Series in the next week. Beat Arizona. Love you, Bob. Beat Arizona. Good stuff. Love you guys. All right, good stuff. All right, Bob Alou, KI Television in Austin on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.